Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I'm here with my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. That's me, Yoshi. <laughs> of course, before we get too far, we want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge thank you to, of course, Steel Fox Gaming up in Shreveport. And, of course, we want to thank Gem Accessories for their continued support of the podcast. Now, of course, we want to also ask you to please check out our Dragon Shield affiliate link if you are going to be buying any sleeves or anything like that on the uh, Dragon Shield website in the future. Just click our link before you shop. Costs you nothing extra to support the channel. And as I'm sure you've heard, we have a t-shirt and hoodie now up on our Teespring store. So you can find a link to those down below. Maybe right about One, uh... here somewhere, Skyhawk will throw up a picture of them. Uh, if True. you have a chance to in the edit. Um, I will say uh, one extra thing about the uh, Dragon Shield uh, point is that uh, they are they're they're pushing uh, they're they are releasing to the public uh, the ability to do custom sleeves. So if you want custom sleeves and you'd like to use the affiliate link, now is the time. Now is indeed the time. So uh, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. Uh, like I said, in the description down below, you can find our affiliate link. And of course, I want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons for their continued support of the podcast. Now, with that said, Skyhawk, why don't we go ahead and start out today's episode by saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we... <laughs> We've really had a fun go the last few weeks with the yeah. audio desync issues and trying to get everything figured out. So can't make any promises, but I'm hoping things will be much smoother from here out. I, I will say so far uh, on my side, things are looking pretty good. So uh, here's hoping. It turns out Mixcraft was a bad move. So we are back in audacity and back in action. 
So uh, thank you all for sticking with us while we figure things out. We super appreciate it. Um, there will be quirks. And as always, if you notice something in an episode or if you think that something could be improved on, definitely let us know because I am always interested in making sure that it is as good as possible. Uh, I have changed the mic technique, so uh, hopefully this will be less of an <laughs> ASMR episode uh, <laughs> with the breathing and everything. But I think we're getting things, uh, we're getting into the into the swing of things here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. Uh, I know it's been a, a little while for you, but I, I actually, after kind of cleaning my space out, uh, I, if you've seen on Twitter, I kind of, I've organized basically my whole office space. I've got the Yu-Gi-Oh corner now, which is like content and lab work. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually very motivated to get back into the swing of things. So even though things have been a little bit hectic, I still feel great. So I do have a, I do have a couple of, uh, um, a couple of things that I want to kind of break down for the listeners. So when Caleb left, it was kind of sudden. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of notice or a lot of, a lot of prep time to get things ready. And with that having happened, Skyhawk came in really suddenly. Now, when you come in really suddenly on something like that, what ends up happening is there's going to be an adjustment period. So essentially at first the adjustment period was, you know, it, what we used to do was we had an editor that would edit all of our video for us. And he's like a really like a high level editor. He's very, very good at what he does. And he would do all of our video episodes for us. Well, when Skyhawk came on, Skyhawk agreed to do all the editing for us. And with that, that would leave our, our editor, Justin, to do mainly the, what we, we want to start doing more regular YouTube content, like short form, like eight to 15 minute videos, right? Like we did one, it was called Deck Debate, and it was a pretty good video. Uh, it didn't do super great on like statistics, on numbers, but it did pretty good for, for a video for our channel. And we want to make things like deck debate or we're hoping for an upcoming series called bulk battle to we're hoping for those to be like more regular things that we do on the channel. But it's, it's really editing constraints. So Skyhawk agrees to take over the editing. And well, after that, there's like an adjustment period of learning how to do all of the editing for something like this. Well, also while learning how to do editing. Skyhawk also has to learn how to essentially adjust and set all of his own audio for the podcast. So he's doing AV stuff, he's doing editing, and all of these things happening all at once are very new. And like I said, it's an adjustment period and it takes time, right? So um, I think that once we have gotten to the point where we are getting more comfortable with the new setup because we didn't really record on discord much at all before a couple of guest episodes here and there and now we're basically recording everything through either discord or recording our audio video separately and overlaying them and it's just a lot of new processes and it takes a lot of time to um it takes a lot of time to have everything set up so with that said, I know that there have been some difficulties lately, but I just want to ask that you kind of bear with us 
Um, we might miss an episode every now and then here and there, but I promise it's not because we want to be missing. Most of the time when we miss these episodes, we actually recorded an entire episode and there were issues with the audio that were just, it was unlistenable or the audio and video don't sync up or whatever the issues are. We recorded that episode, I promise. And it just, it was so unworkable that we couldn't push it out. So yeah, bear with uh, us, some, we're trying. You know, sometimes it's just when when the when the audio the audio tracks don't work out that well there's uh there's something kind of in in the sonic that that, that doesn't uh that doesn't uh track uh and then uh you know sometimes it just doesn't make it out intact uh, and you can't see this sunny but i've been showing them uh the dynamorphia cards uh sonic trap tracks and intact while i was saying that sentence <laughs> that's um, funny and uh speak you know sometimes um uh, yeah, sometimes the production process, especially when you're when you're new to things, um, things can be a little bit wild. Uh, sometimes you're kind of like snaking yourself around all over the place, and things get a little bit uh, slippery as you're trying to like navigate this kind of weird jungle of creation. And speaking of uh, snakes and slippery and jungle, uh, we have some new Ogdoatic <laughs> cards that we'd like to read. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So why don't uh, <laughs> we? Okay. So I'll be honest. Because of the last couple of uh, episodes, we've we've had a couple of episodes recently that have been lost, and because of the the lost episodes, we find ourselves with a lot of <laughs> cards, cards that haven't been read. You all, you so... all know what these cards do. Uh, I I will say uh, I may at some point for uh, the five dollar and up patrons uh, recover the one of those lost episodes where we read cards from Bonfire on. So yeah. uh, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that if you're a patron, because I do want to get that out to y'all in, in case you like uh, hearing our takes on cards. I don't know why else you'd be listening, really. Uh, <laughs> but, Honestly, um, we're 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 gonna say we've we've tried it. I think two different times. Uh, we're gonna say bonfire is cursed, uh, and we're just not gonna touch it anymore. It's good. Uh, so we're going from Ogdoatic here, and, and we're gonna call it that because if if we missed these Ogdoatic cards, I think Mirren would actually destroy us. Uh, yes. <laughs> Do you want the first one or do you want the second one? Uh, I'll take, I'll take the first one. All right, read us, read us the big monster. So of course we have Neferibus, the Ogdoatic Overlord. It's a level ten dark reptile effect monster, twenty two hundred attack, thirty one hundred defense. You can only see first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if a monster is sent from either player's hand or deck to the graveyard while this card is in the graveyard, you can special summon this monster, but you cannot special summon monsters until the end of the next turn, except reptile monsters. If this card is special summoned from the graveyard, you can target one monster in your graveyard, except Nef Neferibis, the Ogdoatic Overlord, special summon it. Okay, fair enough. It's, honestly, it's, it seems pretty good. Uh, like if, if so, one thing that's nice is that this card. A lot of the gimmicks of the other Octoatic was that the the big bosses kind of also gave your opponents advantage. Uh, this card just does not do that. Uh, it's yeah. like no, you just reborn a, a guy. Your opponent doesn't get anything, and I think that's good. Having something that you can go into that's powerful that like revives stuff uh, is good, so that you're not kind of drawing your opponent into into outs or hand traps, right? Yeah. Um, it's not. This doesn't. It's not crazy, but it's 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 very good. Um, this card, I think, is the card that makes it worth revisiting this strategy. Um, sure. So this is a, a Ogdoatic Dawn of Creation. Beautiful card art, by the way. I love this. Um, 
Quick play spell. So you can only use each effect uh, once per turn. First effect, uh, tribute one reptile monster you control. For every two levels that monster had, special summon up to one Agadoadic token. Reptile Dark level 2, zero, 0 You will notice this does not lock you, and if you tribute a 10, you get 5 tokens. Uh, I don't know what you could possibly do with 5 tokens. Um, 2. You can banish this card from your graveyard during the main phase, and if you do, you can target one of your banished reptile monsters, shuffle that monster into the deck, then you can send one reptile monster from your deck to the graveyard. Uh, so this card is Recovery, Foolish Burial, uh, and also an Extender. Uh, yep. Seems pretty good to me. <laughs> and also Access Code Talker. Uh, yeah, this card just makes Access Code on its own. <laughs> Very stupid. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's really strong. It's worth uh, revisiting. Um, you know, uh, although I will say I'm I'm really not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what the payoff is. Uh, could you tell me what the payoff is? Uh, the payoff is really stupid. That like like that pun. <laughs> Okay, uh, we have some new Watt support cards for Age of Overlord. Uh, shoutouts to uh, shoutouts to Darth Nash, who has been waiting for this day for ten years. That I is mean. very true. <laughs> Although I will say, um, I'm a little bit disappointed in the community for instantly buying out Watt Chimera Ultis. Uh, I am disappointed. You should have let me get mine first. So next we have a <laughs> Watt Tuna. So, Watt Tuna, this is a level 4 light thunder tuner effect monster, mm, which is... The, the tuna is the tuner? Okay. Not bad. All right. I'm in. Uh, 800 attack, 700 defense. You can only use the first and third effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if your monster inflicts battle damage to your opponent, at the end of the damage step, you can special summon this card from your hand. That's not good. Two, this card can attack directly. Not any better. Three. When this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent by a direct attack, you contribute it and one or more non-tuners from your hand or face of field. And if you do special on one Watt Synchro Monster from your extra whose level is equal to tributed monsters total levels. Okay. Well, that's much more interesting. So, essentially, you have a monster that hits your opponent or inflicts battle damage. Then you summon this guy. He jumps in, pokes your opponent for 800, and then when he does, he quick synchros in the in the BP. So it essentially can turn one Watt monster into like one Watt one. Like if they hit with one Watt monster, it can essentially turn it into three hits, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like I like that it's not crazy, but it is supporting the play style of the deck. It is it even though I don't think these are going to be very good. It's cool for the design to be like yeah. We're actually going to bolster like the core mechanic of this deck. You're attacking right. directly. We're going to make it more valuable to do so. I think that's cool. Yeah, for um, sure. So next up, we do have a new synchro. Uh, this is uh, Watt Taurus, uh, <laughs> level Sick. eight light thunder synchro effect monster. The art, I gotta say, honestly, the art on the Watt synchros is so sick. I love yeah, it's really the, like, nice. The red blue kind of electric stuff happening there. You um, know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. And this might be before your time, so you might not even know what cards I'm talking about. Because mm -hmm. they were never good, even like at the time. But there was um there were these cards, there were synchros in like the early synchro area. It was like Voltic Bicorn, Voltic Tricorn, and Voltic Unicorn or something like that. Yeah. Um and they were like these thunder synchro unicorns essentially. And that they all had ulties. Right. 
and they were just oh yeah amazing. uh it's like the yeah thunder bicorn um, thunder bicorn. There's like tricorn. Voltic tricorn. Thunder bicorn. Yeah. Thunder bicorn. Voltic tricorn. I think there might have been one more. Those cards are. There was cool. a there was a unicorn, but I don't remember what the like the word was for it. But yeah, they yeah. were really cool cards. But that's kind of what this artwork reminds me of. With like you said, like the reds and blues and the yellows for the electricity and stuff like that. I totally agree. Uh, so 1600, 1700, which seems small, but remember kind of the balancing, it's funny to say balancing the balance mechanic behind these is that they're all attacking directly. So they, the monsters themselves are kind of small. They could make it bigger, honestly, but whatever. So you have to use a watt tuner and one plus non tuner thunder monsters. So it's not super generic. You have to be playing at least thunders with a watt engine. Uh, you can only use the second effect once per turn. One, this card can attack directly cool it's the whole deck two when this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent by direct attack you can shuffle one watt tuner from your graveyard and one face up thunder non-tuner you control into the deck and if you do special summon one watt synchro monster from your extra deck except watt taurus so now the 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 watt card is is kind of starting to make a little bit of sense here so um we're using you go okay you have any watt and tuna right so you go that wad attack directly, you go special the tuna, that tuna attack directly, you deal battle damage, you tribute them off for the uh, the Watt Synchro, you, tri you tribute them off for like Watt Taurus, uh, if, especially if it's a level 4 Watt, and then you go Watt Taurus, uh, shuffle stuff back to summon another, uh, another Watt uh, for like a bunch of extra damage. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. Okay, so it's... Thunder Unicorn, Voltic Bicorn, Lightning Tricorn. Lightning Tricorn. Okay. Yep. I sent I sent pictures in Discord so you can see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I know the cards. I recognize them. I recognize yeah. the names. You recognize Very them cool. from seeing them in the bulk somewhere, but uh, yeah. And there's this there's this one picture of Voltic Bicorn on Deviant Art, which I just have to send to you because it's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway uh, that, that you realize the number, there's there's a lot of red flags <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah 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 actually but, i will say i will say actually this is pretty cool yeah it's I, a cool artwork is, right like considering is, is, it's i like that. considering that it's cool. it's animal art on deviant art yep. it's cool i'm with you listen and we're not gonna put the image up on youtube but we're gonna keep them guessing so uh True. with that let's go ahead and talk about the next watt card uh, which mm -hmm. is Watt Kingdom. Continuous spell card, also cool artwork. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. Okay, I see a building-shaped continuous spell card. Only one of the effects is once per turn. Are we going to have Toy Vendor, maybe, kind of effect? That would be cool. Uh, more Cursed Elbland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your opponent cannot activate the effects of any of their monsters in the same column as this card and one of your Watt monsters that activate when they are normal or special summoned. Okay, 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 okay. So if you have a Watt monster and this card and your opponent normal or special summons a monster into the same column as them, it can't activate its effect. Or special summons. Yeah, your opponent summons a monster into that column. So if I... If I um, special Ecclesia into the column that these are in without thinking. I can't. I can't even activate Ecclesia's effect. That's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Two. You can target one Watt monster you control. You cannot special summon monsters for the rest of this turn except Thunder monsters. 
Also, special one one Watt monster with a different name from your deck, then you lose life points equal to the summoned monster's attack. That's I mean, broken. This card is this card is really good. <laughs> That's nuts. It's, yeah, like is it enough? So there is another import. There's another Watt card that came out as just like a one of in a set a couple years ago. That's like spams a bunch of Watts from hand. So there is a universe where, in theory, you could probably open a hand that fills up all five zones with this card, and then it's kind of it's like sort of skill drain. <laughs> That's but crazy. Like, yeah, I lo love that they keep giving <laughs> old decks skill drains. By the way, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but this at least this one at least has like some interesting interactivity to it. Like it it only if if like if monsters have effects at the point when they're summoned they can't be activated but if they have other activated effects they can still use those and their continuous effects aren't negated it has like a column restriction so the watt player has to like set up resources uh, if you're going to design a floodgate this is probably one of the better ways to do it yeah um while we're here talking about new things i want to take just a moment to mention a few new things one we do have a new uh a new uh, uh, jump promo card that's been announced. Mm, so it is true. essentially uh, Brionic the card, and it is uh, it's just a Brionic retrain. We don't have an effect yet, but we're, we're gonna find out. And hopefully, it's like Turbo Omega broken. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Next, I'm very excited for that. Um, I'm also excited. The artwork looks sick. Uh, and then also we have the three themes of Valiant Smashers. They've been mm. like vaguely revealed. So we have pictures and we have names, but we don't have any effects, obviously. Uh, we don't Wildster know anything. It's a, yeah, it's another. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. So it's so so it, it's a, there's a mech archetype, and then yeah, there's there's a mech archetype, but that has like a girl in the mech, and then. There's an archetype that are like fairy girls. Okay. So is there here's like, what I'll say. Is there another is there, can you, any other any other decks that sound similar to? I would say the first one is not decks? a mech archetype. I would say it's something attribute based, based off of all the different colors. Mm, um mm -hmm. it's very attribute based. The okay. second one is definitely mech. I'm calling it a union-based archetype, if, if I had to guess. Ooh, that actually, a, a new union deck would be kind of sick. It's been a while. Yeah, we haven't had a good one since ABC. Yep, it's been a long time. And I really genuinely love when they make these old mechanics that were like like just out. Like, like whenever they make ritual good, like that's mm -hmm. cool. Um it's it's never fun, but it's always cool. Um, and whenever they make just say, um, what was the other archetype? That, what was the other thing that they made good recently? You thinking? Um, There's like an old mechanic like oof. unions and uh, um, Gemini. I'm thinking uh, Gemini. They didn't make Gemini good though. They Gemini got good in Edison. In so. Edison, somebody came Disregard. up with the blaze blazewing butterfly nonsense. Yeah, yeah, the blazewing <laughs> butterfly sauce. Um, but yeah, no, this one's called Centurion. So the first one that's attribute based is called Memento. Uh, I think it's gonna be attribute based anyway. That's that's what it looks like to me because the crystals that are all over what he's calling a mech 
The crystals are green, like wind. They are yellow, like light. They are red, like mm-hmm. fire. There's some blues, like water. Um, maybe there's going to be... I don't really see any, like, browns. I guess maybe you could call that in the corner purple, like dark. I don't know, but... I don't know. It seems attribute-based to me. Um, and then Centurion is the one that looks mech-based, like you said. And it it is. There's no doubt. But I, I think it's going to be Union. And yeah. the last one is Valmonica, which Valmonica, to me, looks, like you said, kind of like fairy girls. But I will say this much. I dig the aesthetic here. There is. Of, uh, like, it, it the blue feels- and the pink. Yeah, it feels to me like stylistically, it's kind of like a cross between the Fortune Fairies and Dream Mirror, where it's kind of it's got like win, but yeah, it, it's it's got like the Fortune Fairy kind of like chibi style going on, but it's also got that like kind of like super high like fantasy Dream Mirror stuff going on in the background. So I'm curious, to but see also the duality of uh of Live Twin, Evil Twin. Mm, yeah that's true we are so. different colors whoa <laughs> <laughs> anyway so also, i will say it literally says the description is the voices of angels and demons influence the tides of battle so like i mean so there is there is one other piece of kind of tcg adjacent news um sure. that came out just like a couple hours ago uh we um raymond die has revealed the north american team for master duel yeah i did um, hear about this for worlds so it is the team is raymond die jesse cotton and ryan Yu. such a sick team that is a that is an unbelievable team up that is so sick yeah that uh, that's as a that's disgusting as a, as a canadian i'm very happy about this uh, <laughs> team Canada, Team Canada. Or Canada. True, it is my home and native land. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Skyhawk's home <laughs> and native land. True. So, so that's uh, that's pretty yeah. much what we got for Yu-Gi-Oh news, yeah. Yeah, that's the new stuff. Like I've said it before, there's a lot more new stuff that's been coming out recently. But just to be completely honest with you, the new cards, there aren't really that many that are super relevant. And more importantly, it's like, yeah, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's kind of like a lot of the stuff is really, really cool, but not a lot of it matters. And that's. Yeah. That's kind of where you end up as a competitive player a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, cards always get kind of put in a different light. I think one interesting example of a card that uh, I, I think kind of was like, it's bulk, but people later realized, oh, actually, there we could find a use for this. Um, like, I think Soul Scissors on reveal, people were like, oh, this is like the fourth best level to extender. It's fine. But then it turns out in Live Twin Sprite, there are actually more specific uses for something like Soul Scissors. And like people like yeah. Dinka Fam were, uh, were playing it uh, pretty uh, pretty heavily. So it's not like these cards are cards that are never going to see play ever. But it's just not like big meta warping super threat stuff. Like I feel like we haven't kind of seen anything like that in a little while. So on one hand, that's kind of good because I think design wise, it's nice to 
have stuff at a lower power level for a little while, but I'm also curious to see where we go from here. I don't know if that yeah. is too high-minded or if that makes any sense, but that's what I'm feeling. I think it does. I think you just, uh, I don't know, like you said, we'll see where we go, so. <laughs> I think that All these, right. I think that these side sets, like the one we just talked about with the new archetypes, mm-hmm. I think these are really going to be where you get the, your big archetypes that are meta-developing, like we've gotten Vanquish Soul, we've got new Dino Support, these are going to be big meta-relevant archetypes. Ever since Grand Creators, like these sets just consistently produce these like insanely uh, high power archetypes. And yeah. I think that you're going to see a lot of that. Whereas I think when you go to the. Um, I think when you go back to the core sets, you're not going to see. The core sets are all going to be like slow trickles of support for older archetypes or for the ones that they want to support heavily. When I and when mm-hmm. I say that, I mean like, uh, like the lore. Yeah, the lore <laughs> ones. Yeah. Lore. So I think you're going to see a lot of lore and a lot of uh, things like that. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I th- I just think that they're moving away from. I think they're doing that as more like support for those for those art deck builder sets because they want they want you to be able to like build your deck from that and then just support it from the core sets. So I uh, which I, I think is like a huge mentality shift, but yeah, I think it's fine. All right, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the meta. What do you say? I'm absolutely in. Uh, if we if we have had some super interesting results uh, probably the biggest event that happened uh over the last uh, i mean we've had some big events over the last weekends just because of all the nationals happening but the big event uh that just happened quite recently would be the uh, german nationals um anything specific yeah. you want to talk about there um yeah I-, I think it's worth talking about the winner for sure yeah. which was unfortunately labyrinth uh so uh, unfortunately labyrinth but fortunately din kabui uh, I, I really love Din Kabui's approach to the game. Uh, huge fan of his. Uh, it always generally is playing nonsense, but t- t- today showed up with Labyrinth. Uh, and the the if you haven't gotten a chance to watch Game Three, uh, I would recommend it just because it is a uh, case in point, uh, perfect example of why we probably have to ban Eradicator. Um, yeah, for sure. Like rip five spells is just not good for the game at all. Uh, even like. Eva posted a very interesting tweet uh, talking about like, oh, we gotta like, we have to deal with the the back row removal stuff, like the mass removal. And I'm like, I agree, but we also probably have to get rid of this too. Um, so, but, but Labyrinth like winning a big event like this, I think is a huge step for the deck because before I don't think it had taken down like a large nationals. Uh, getting a first place result, I think will solidify it in more people's minds as like, a deck to like people are now yeah. siding bell when they weren't before because bell hits big welcome like right and, and 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 in top cut it's the third most represented deck yeah which like, is a, that's a, an alarming thing to think about uh, yeah it, it really it's it's such a it's like preparing for preparing for lab kind of shifts preparations for other decks because you have to make some interesting concessions, so I'm curious to see how sideboards develop. Um, one thing, uh, Akash is um, uh, Akash is still here. 
uh, it's still number one. Yeah, cash is still here, whether we want it to be or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, there are some, the, now, there were some interesting cash brews at this event. Um, and cash also got second place. Um, and the person who got second place on cash also, I think, either, I think they got second at YCS London, too. So, this dude's had kind of a crazy run. Uh, there are some wild cash tira brews that are starting to roam around the format. So I think the stuff that's mostly doing well is just the usual cookie cutter kind of, although, so, so there's three different, like, actually, no, there's four different builds out there right now that people are playing. So there's the pure one, which is just the regular, like, non-engine and cash tira cards. You just go nuts. Um, sure. there's, there's the, uh, the raid raptor build, which uses a small, a raider's wing engine to go into Draco future before you do the rest mm-hmm. of your combo. Um, then there's the super heavy build, which we found, uh, which has topped a couple of regionals. Uh, and it plays a small super heavy, uh, with engine with a car query synchro in order to make Baron instead of Draco future. Uh, and then, uh, top 32 at this event is Kashira Speedroid. <laughs> and what I gotta guy. say, this is one of the coolest lists that I have seen in a long time. Yeah, this uh, is without a doubt one of the lists of all time. Like th- we are playing, we are playing two copies of Mecha Phantom Beast Tether Wolf <laughs> because it's a seven on normal that gives you a token, <laughs> and so it's another way. Like uh, to put in perspective, this is a cash tier deck. They are not playing a Rise Heart. They are literally playing the cash engine to make Draco Sack. Um, we're playing two Daiko Duke, two Car Turbo, two Takatomborg. By the way, crazy to me that they're only playing one Drago sack. Yeah, it's <laughs> like there's so much weird stuff. They're playing two Baron, but we're only playing one Drago sack. Uh, we're playing Hrus Velger, the Doom Eagle, but we're not summoning it off of like the Tri Brigade stuff. We're just hard making it because it's a good card. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a good card. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. It's a forty-eight hundred beater that's also DD Crow every turn. Like, uh, I, 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 and and the sad part about this is, is that the reason that this person ended their run at top thirty-two is because somebody stole their deck. So they had to no. concede their top thirty-two match. They had to concede their top thirty-two match because somebody stole the deck. That's so unfortunate. It's like, it's awful, especially for something this cool, like. Uh, what it like to get top 32 at like one of the most competitive nationals on this is is unbelievable i mean so, this, anyway this this nationals is going to be as big or bigger than the u.s nationals yeah like uh, ironically the, it'll probably be bigger than u.s nats yeah the how many people played at german nets because that's 2, what thousand and some change <laughs> holy crap yeah yeah no, wait, no. i mean this this was massive. a big this is a massive tournament. Yeah. Something else. So the other thing to talk about, I think, um, obviously, like Live Twin Runic Sprite was everywhere. Um, lots of very good players were playing this deck. Uh, a lot of people were playing the For Hire build. Uh, Joshua Schmidt specifically was playing the For Hire build uh, and then ended their run at top 16. Uh, but lots of people were on that uh, version of the deck. Um, branded being at 6% rep is kind of interesting. So a couple of branded players cleared. I think a lot of people weren't expecting branded to be doing this well. Um, pe- people thought that it was going to be over-prepared for, but I guess it has the tools to push. The Rika players are still doing their thing. Uh, I, I <laughs> you need a PhD to play the deck, but like if you learn how to play this deck, it's clear that like your conversion rate into top cut is nuts. 
So here's my like thing. when do we when do we start saying that this is a good deck, right? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it, it, I think that it would be insane to not acknowledge it as a good deck. It, it's clearly a good deck. But but this deck is a lot like Fluffle. Like you said, you need a PhD to play the deck. If you don't have a PhD, they kick you out of the event if you register it in your deck list. So <laughs> you have to be careful. Yeah. Because um, like, like when you turn in your deck list with Rika or Fluffle, you actually have to like provide a hard physical PhD. It can't be like a copy either. It has to be like the went physical to, paper that you got went to from Harvard. your college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you don't, they just immediately yeah. like ban you for years. So... Mm-hmm. You got to be careful, but if you can play the deck, it's really good. Yeah, it 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 puts up. It, it's 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 the type of deck. It puts up such varied interaction that in a format where people aren't sure what hand traps or board breakers they should be playing yet, you can really take advantage of having a variety of different types of interaction. Like they've got interaction in hand and graveyard with the stuff like the pedal. They've got uh, trap cards they can search. Tributing your opponent's monsters. Uh, is kind of a unique form of interaction, especially for cost. So you end up dodging a lot of the format in in that way by having a lot of varied interaction. Um, yeah. S- some other stuff to talk about in kind of like the lower end of top cut of this event. Um, a flu topped. Uh, flu is doing well. Flu won a regional over the weekend. Don't um, don't don't tell my friends that flu is doing well. I can't <laughs> I can't handle flu if, if, performing well. Yeah. If you want a an, an excellent flu profile to watch on Hakuna My Data's channel, Hanko Chow uh, does a great job of explaining the ratios very in depth. Um, there, a lot of the flu lists right now are playing uh, the Simorg uh, engine, so Simorg of Perfection with the Elbors, the field spell, um, specifically uh, to handle. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, Hanko Chow explains it, but there's a reason you have to be playing it right now. Um, it's it's crazy, but like the deck is good. Uh, and then I, I think. There's a deck that I do want to talk about. Let's hear it. I want to talk about this Bestial Dragon Link deck. It got top four at the Houston World Championship Qualifier Regional. And and it's not the only place that we've seen Bestial Dragon Link performing, right? Mm-hmm. There's like an eight-access Bestial Dragon Link that, did, uh, that got second at Indianapolis yesterday. Um, yeah. You know, this is a deck that's like going around. Another Bestial Dragon Link got top 64 in France. Uh, it's it, it is a deck that has been going around, but I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I just think that the that these Bestial Dragon Link lists. I listen. I've been a Dragon Link hater for a long time. I've hated this deck since I got back into the game. But man, I just look at that and see three Magnumut, two Serenir, a Druid Swarm, three Lubelian, a a, a Levianir, a Wyver Burster, Collapse Serpent, three Safer. I you're going through. You have like. Even like Rocket Caliber, like ah, I don't know, man. Ah, something about this deck just ah, it's cool. Yeah, Is that it's bad? And, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think I think it's cool that the Dragon Pile gets to keep evolving. I think the control style that the like the the Bestial Dragon Link deck plays is kind of nice. Like if doing, I had like, a Dispater and a Chaos setups. Angel, I would be thinking about playing this deck right now. And if I have if I was rich and I had the Bellions. Yeah, Lubellion is. I hate that. I hate that that card is seventy five dollars. That could have they could have reprinted it. In Monster's Revenge. It would have been so based. Um, they did. It would have been based. As a quarter but, century you know. instead of like an actual reprint. Um, right. I will say uh, 
I really like uh, like branded beast and branded regained is such a sick advantage loop um, that I think building the list around that interaction is worth doing. Um, it is a it's just a fascinating kind of way to think about uh, to 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 think about building dragon link. Uh, moving it towards like advantage gameplay. Bestials also are not bad right now. Uh, like there are a lot of decks that that you can get advantage with the Bestials, but playing right. them in a deck where they become uh, engine pieces rather than just hand traps gives you a lot so more power better. and utility out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what I would it, like it, to see going forward out of these lists, though, is I and I know, I know it's not an easy thing to incorporate into the deck because it takes like a lot of effort, but. Bro, a way to abuse Ringo Worm in this deck would go so hard. It's tough. It, it, Ringo is such a weird card. It So I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been brewing with it in Dino as well. Sure. Ringo is a card that would be insane if it was printed in like Halka Fibrax era. Or maybe like earlier, maybe like Edison. Or like right. even like kind of that era of Yu-Gi-Oh! But... It's interesting that we can print a card like that that is that strong and have it see almost no play. Partially because Here's it doesn't have issue. an ob- obvious home. But exactly. it's, it's like it, it's a, it's also like a type of card design that has fallen out of favor. Like extenders that are out of engine right now are not are very few and far between. Yeah. Which is I- crazy to say but that card feels like it could be the craziest card in Yu-Gi-Oh right now and is like bannable but it like you said it just does not have a home and as a result yeah it just doesn't fit in anywhere you know it's Mm -hmm. I don't know it's it's crazy to think about how potentially um how potentially broken that card is and it's just no play at all not seeing any yeah. kind of play. So and it's one, not even like not even it's not even seeing like like low levels of representation. I mean none. Yeah. Like I think it's maybe been in one or two topping lists of stuff. Uh yeah, yeah. I think I think somebody will brew up a pile with it, but it's gonna take time. Like it's it will take time and the right format and the right deck to find a home in. But when it has a home, it's gonna go ridiculous. For um, sure. For sure. So I think the other the other major meta contender to discuss is vanquish soul so yeah for sure i will say so vanquish soul right now doesn't have high representation but it the pilots that have been playing it have done very well i had a second place at toronto regionals it had a first place at indy this last weekend um it's it's pretty consistently it it, it got top 32 at german nets um it's not how also, high it's top sort got, of it's sort of but, got top 32 at the central america wcq sort of yeah it's so it is. Uh, it was the thing is, that one it, was that one was Vanquish Soul Super Heavy Samurai Kashira though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Super Heavy Samurai and Kashira are just going to be engines going forward in a ton of different decks, and I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's cool that we are still finding ways to make the the cards work even as even as they start getting hit. Um, well, he's so, only playing six Vanquish Soul cards. Yeah, so and I think six the Kashiras. thing. The thing to talk about with Vanquish Soul is that not only does it have high placements in in for the topping lists, like there are a couple of top thirty twos, but you see a lot of like top four, first place, second place. Um, yeah, it has low representation, possibly because of the cost, but possibly just because people haven't picked it up. Uh, but 
uh, it, it's doing really well. It plays like a very grindy uh, game plan that keeps you alive uh, long enough to win a game. Uh, so it's a unique style of game. It, it, it abuses uh, there can be only one, probably better than any deck in the format. Uh, and it plays it plays through and under a lot of very sticky cards right now. Yes. Um, so it, it's actually positioned really well. The ceiling is low, which means that people who are high rolling can often beat it. But the amount of non-engine space that they play means that they just have to stay alive in order to try to recover. Yeah. Um, a cool innovation is that a lot of them are playing Dogoran as their kaiju, just because it's a fire target, uh, even though it's yeah. big, which I think is very cool. Uh, and a lot I of them love are playing... seeing people play like quote unquote less optimal kaijus, kaijus. because <laughs> of like in-engine reasons like like yeah. seeing the Kashtira decks playing kumungus because it's like because it's level seven and most of them are level eight or something like that or seeing uh super heavy play jizakiru because it's machines i i love that yeah i i think it the kaijus have have I think everybody like really didn't like the kaijus when they first came out, but I think everybody has kind of come to love them, like just because they end up finding homes in a bunch. Like dinosaur plays Dogoran because it's a dino, and you can search it with the, uh, you can search it with Overaptor, or you can like in the combo versions you can double Evo pill it out so that you can't get kaijued yourself. Right. Uh, Radian in some decks uh, to play under Fiend Lock, like Plunder plays Radian as their kaiju uh, to give yep. their opponent a dark so they can go into a uh, Moark. Uh, yeah. Lots of lots of lots of cool stuff there. A uh, Godarla, I mean, Godarla was basically the kaiju for a format because of Barrier Statue of the Stormwinds. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of a side tangent. So the last thing I want to talk about meta-wise um, is that right now you can play a lot of Rogue. There have been some just yeah. wild decks topping regionals. Uh, I'll start out with massive shoutouts to uh, my good friend Ease. Uh, who just hit up, uh, went 6-3 at Toronto Regionals the weekend before, and then this weekend got ninth, uh, and probably Let's would go. have won had it not been for a, a missed sequence in round 7. Uh, the deck profile is on Hakuna My Dad's channel right now, uh, along with Hanko Chow's profile. Um, Amazing. I, I, I'm telling y'all, you should play this. And, uh, spoilers, Ease and I will probably have a guide to that version of the deck up soon. So, uh, keep an eye out for that if you want to learn how to play the deck for this format. Um... So, this, but some other crazy stuff has happened. Makanko has like three regional tops and has a fourth place. Like blind second Makanko OTK. They're main decking acts of fools and they're taking names. It's like Ishizu, a Ishizu has like several uh, tier, like tier limit. Yeah, tier yeah. limit has like several tops here and there. Tier is playing. Uh, the DPE pile is back. Uh, like, a lot of Vanquish Soulists are playing DPE. A, a lot of the, the Tier Limits lists are playing DPE for, like, Malicious Denier plays. Gross. Um, and, so, and, like, when I say you can play anything and get an invite, you can play anything. Inner Crescent. Yeah, you really so for can. Those of, for those of you who don't know who Inner Crescent is, they made the 3D Chalice Slime, and they've also made, they've made the Master Circuit Series logo. They do incredible 3D animation. Follow them on Twitter and on YouTube. They make wonderful stuff. Got 25th. At the Indie Regional, going seven and two, on pure Numeron. What? So they they, they got their they got their invite last minute on pure Numeron. <laughs> uh, like you can probably play almost anything right now, and I think that's cool. Like Kashtira is still the best deck, but it's not so omnipresent that you don't always have to game plan your main deck around a Rise Heart, and that opens the format up for a lot of decks that were locked out previously. Uh, 
I'm really enjoying playing right now, and I haven't in a little while. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the format right now has the potential to be really cool, but it also has a lot of cancer. So, yeah, you know, if there could be I, less Labyrinth in the format, that'd be cool, and less Kashtira. But maybe I'm just I, tired of seeing those. He's tired of seeing those decks. So that could be oh, it too. I think there is some fatigue. Like there are some decks I think that have overstayed their welcome. Sprite has been one of the top decks for a really long time now. Kashtira has been good for a long time. Uh, lots of decks that are, like Branded has been around forever. I would not be surprised if on the next list we see a toss level type of play our new decks <laughs> uh, yeah. list. Because people have been playing like sprite and tier and branded for a long time and i i think maybe that this i'm wondering if maybe this is kind of the this feels a lot like the end of toss where people were kind of like you can actually you can play anything so long as you game plan for these like top three or four decks in some capacity so we might end up in a similar place i'm thinking but uh one other thing to mention i think uh design wise like People are playing just some true nonsense. Like, uh, so here, yeah. here's a list: top eight Boca Raton WCQ Regional, sixty card Therion Sun Avalon Rica. They are playing three copies of Rose Paladin. People really do not be out here playing. It's, anything, uh, right? it, it, and the re- they're playing it because you can send it from your hand to the graveyard to add a level seven or higher Rica. Like it's it's just it's like. <laughs> The, the mind is boggled by by the stuff that people are doing in, in this format. So, oh, and that was the thing I wanted to talk about, actually, quickly before uh, before we end up getting close to time here. Sure. Um, Labyrinth is a conversation that we need to have, right? Labyrinth um, needs to go die in a hole. I'm sick of it. I disagree. Uh, I think it is good that there is a control deck that is good, and I think that... For a long time, people have kind of been like crapping on controlled players for ruining formats, but I think control needs to be a viable strategy in the game. However, this is with the caveat that the floodgate stuff sucks and we gotta get rid of it. I think like the welcome I lab think archines that you can play control and not play dog water decks. Play nature play uh play runic. Runic's cool. This is not. Uh I don't know. I don't agree with that. Um, I, uh, my, <laughs> my, my quarrel is, well, I mean, you're, you're crying about Eradicator. You can't use the cry about it argument. You are too. The and um, barrier Eradicator and D barrier can both die. Yes. No, I agree. I think Labyrinth is fine. I think Eradicator and D barrier in skill drain are not like, I, I, I think, I think the, the Labyrinth advantage loop is something that is good for the game. And I think getting normal traps back into rotation as good cards is also good. However, ban the crappy auto wins. That is my, that is my only caveat is that I'm all for Labyrinth, but I am not for Labyrinth if this is the best thing we can be doing with it. Red reboot, red no. reboot. Okay. Red no, 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 no. Red so, reboot. Red reboot. No, no. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot fight bad with worse for card design. Um, Give in. Reboot, Give in reboot to the says, brain reboot, reboot, Bring back reboot red reboot, reboot says, to three. Reboot says cannot play the game. I think what would be That's better is if we if we had a card. Well, then you're cringe. Uh, we those people shouldn't be playing the game. We need we need a card like Blizzard, but for trap cards is what we need. 
Because we need realistically available counterplay to normal traps that isn't cross out, banish a copy of that card. Or Ciphering Gear Epsilon. We're not playing those cards. A card like Blizzard, that would be quick play, target like a trap card to negate it in a similar, like in a similar way to how Blizzard functions, I think would be a much more fair version of Red Reboot that would like create a level of uh, like actual interaction and counterplay. Uh, whereas Red Reboot just says no and you lose. And I think that that's the same thing as Eradicator, which says you lose. So I don't like either of those cards. Counterpoint. Red Reboot. Red Reboot. Red Reboot. Just don't activate I, uh, it before you see Solemn Judgment. Red Reboot. I, uh, I cannot... <laughs> uh, I cannot argue with those who will not listen to reason. <laughs> exactly. And I won't. With that said, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons for listening to and supporting today's episode. So, a huge thank you to Kane Martin, Zyphorus, a big stinky, true. Uh, Broken Boy 13, <laughs> Ding Dongs, hostess of the Yang Zang, amazing name. Earth Machine mm-hmm. Best Deck. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Ever? I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada Nickelback, John Lil, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Seto Guayba. That's the, incredible. There's an all time favorite right here. It's so good. Yeah. Silver Hope. There is only one rule pop the baby. Uh, Unbanned number 95, Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, you touch my ta-la-la, my ding-dang long. Uh, I, Skyhawk doesn't get that reference, but I do, and it's funny. Uh, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuya, Simpson, the Silver Castle, Blackwing, Sword, and the Sun is the best floodgate. Box one, come on and get your game one, duty booty. Dragon Maidenless Behavior, I want to read Glimmer, Chief Across these Plants, Nuts in Wrath, Old Man Red, Pink Open, over 3. Saki Tama, Aratama, Niki Tama, Cam Obama. I love that. That's so funny. Uh, slaking it up and super califragilistic expialidocious heavy samurai thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast of course thank you again to all of our sponsors and be sure to check out our t-shirts and hoodies in the description down below with all of that said thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the top cut yugo podcast and we will see you later this week remember over after chain link one Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.